Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Hebrews with this message entitled, Godliness is Pleasing God. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we have come to hear your word. I know you can speak through a donkey. And I am a donkey, but I am your donkey. Called and commissioned by you to declare the word that you grant me. Speak through me wonderful words of life. Words that saves, heals, comforts, guides and grants faith through your word and you bless your people today in Jesus name amen. amen happiness that's the title happiness godliness is pleasing God and pleasing God is our happiness the shorter catechism asks the question what is the chief end of man glorify God and enjoy him forever St. Paul speaks in Romans 1 about the pagans who suppress truth in wickedness. Speaks about them ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And that if that is man's problem, the solution is godliness that produces righteous life, which is our happiness. Happiness is godliness, and godliness is pleasing God by doing his will godliness is to please God by living by faith in God and in his word such godly people who live by faith that is by God's word are witnessing to God in the world as we read about Abel and Enoch and Noah in Hebrews 11 4 through 7 we witness to God when we live by faith in the world. Therefore, God also witnesses to us, testifies concerning us. God commends them. Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. And not depart from me, you workers of iniquity. The author of this letter told us what would happen to those who do not believe God. Look at verse 38 of chapter 10. There we read, and if he shrinks back, meaning not believing and persevering to the end. If he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. Now in chapter 11, we are given a partial list of people who please to God by living a life of faith in God and his word. People whom God commends, God approves. As we read in verse 2, this is what the ancients were commended for, commended by God. It doesn't matter what you say or what anybody else says about you. Ultimately, what matters is, does God commend you? Think for a moment. Are you a self-centered person who is self-pleasing? Either we please ourselves or we please God. 
And don't be deceived. Pleasing ourselves is pleasing the devil. Concerning the forbidden fruit, Eve said it is good for food and good for the eyes. And it is good to make us wise. It's good for me. And she took and ate. She pleased herself, but truly she was pleasing the devil. Every disobedience is pleasing self. It is true, but it is ultimately pleasing the devil. Ultimately, there are only two masters, God and the devil, whom God rules and disposes in due time. And you read that Revelation 20, the final end of all enemies of God. So think for a moment, are you a self-centered person, a self-pleasing person? Making decision on the basis of what gives me pleasure and happiness. Jesus calls us to deny ourselves daily. Deny ourselves is, does not mean deny ourselves fish on Friday. It means death to ourselves. That's what it means. He calls us to deny ourselves daily. Say no to ourselves daily. And yes to Jesus Christ. Take up the cross and follow me. Christian does not believe in himself. He is told to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. A Christian is not self-focused. He is not self-pleasing. He is Christ-centered, Christ-focused, and Christ-pleasing, even to the point of martyrdom. Abel pleased God and was killed for that faith. So today we consider three people who pleased God by believing God and doing God's will against all oppositions of the world. First, of course, is Abel, verse 4. Abel lived by faith. Now, faith is not faith in faith or faith in us. Faith has an object and that object is God and his word. Not a God of human creation, a postulate of human mind. And we are told in verse 6, those who come to God must believe. Logical necessity and moral necessity. That he exists eternally. He exists. Infinite, personal, uncreated, self-sufficient, independent, moral being. The cause of all creation. Faith in the God who is revealed by his word. Not faith in a God of science. I will research and finally I will discover. Or a priori reasoning. Philosophical reasoning. No sir. We are talking about God who revealed himself in the scriptures. So we read in verse 3. By faith we understand the universe was formed at God's command. And that what is seen was not made out of what we see. Everyone who comes to God, to worship God, must believe that such infinite, personal, moral, holy God is. Not only he exists, but he is also cares for us. A reward of those who diligently seek him. Must believe God, who is creator, redeemer, and sovereign king, who revealed himself to us through the prophets. Chapter 1, through the prophets, and finally, 
to us in God's Son, Jesus Christ, who is described for us as creator of all, preserver of all, ruler of all. As I said, God who is infinite, personal, holy, compassionate. God who revealed to Moses and said, I am that I am. Uncreated, self-sufficient, independent from God. Who not only created you, but preserves you. Even now, because of his preservation, you are here and you breathe and your mind works. And in his will, you will die. Whether the cancer or heart attack or some disease and frailty of the body. Even that is not the end of us. It is appointed poor man wants to die and then comes the judgment. So St. Paul says, 1 Timothy 1.17, Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. By faith, sir. Faith is, is the sine qua non of every believer indispensable condition so the phrase by faith is repeated in this chapter in reference to all named believers and by faith does not mean you believed in God once when you first trusted in Christ that's not what it means it means you trust God throughout your life every day of your life trust God in this life and in the life to come so Paul says Faith along with hope and love abides. He who believes in God trusts implicitly in his promises regarding the future. No matter how great that promise is. Abraham believed and Sarah believed to have a son. Though they were dead. But God is so big so great that he promises what he is able to perform. God cannot lie. God cannot die. He exists. He is. I am Cain and Abel. Two sons of Adam and Eve. Apparently they both desired to worship God. God was pleased with Abel's sacrifice, we are told in Genesis 4. He offered an acceptable sacrifice he offered a better sacrifice. And we are told Cain's sacrifice was rejected. Abel offered a sacrifice, we are told here, by faith. Cain offered his sacrifice, therefore, in unbelief. First John 3.12 tells us that Cain was son of the devil. Is there any son of the devil hearing my voice? Son of the devil. He belonged to the devil. His father was the devil. Jude speaks of the way of Cain. What is the way of Cain? The way of self-will, self-trust. He is the originator of this saying. I do it my way. Cain being the child of the devil would not please God by offering him sacrifice with a pure heart. He will not follow the way of the word, the way of revelation. Cain never says, thy will be done. He always says, my will be done and be damned. 
and be miserable and unhappy and restless for the rest of your life. A true worshiper worships God in pure heart and brings to God the prescribed sacrifice. And we read in Proverbs 15 and verse 8, the Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright praises him. How many people come to church and they and their worship is not accepted. Maybe even this morning your worship, some of your worship is not accepted, rejected. Because it doesn't come from a pure heart, number one. And it is not offered in the right way, prescribed way. So the sacrifice of Cain was detestable to God. It was rejected and Cain became dejected. We are told his countenance fell. True happiness is divine approbation. When we please ourselves, we become miserable, sir. Pleasures of sin for a season. Please God and be happy. Cain was unhappy all his life. He became a restless wanderer. A God-forsaken person. Abel brought a better sacrifice. His heart was pure because he trusted in God not only as creator but also as redeemer. He knew he was born a sinner due to the sin of his parents. He knew he was guilty. He knew the wages of sin was death. But he also knew of God's mercy because he knew how God killed animals and clothed his parents with their skins. He knew the principle, therefore, of substitution. God himself killed innocent animals for his parents. Their blood was shed for the forgiveness of sins of Adam and Eve symbolically. And Adam and Eve symbolically were clothed with God's righteousness when they were clothed with skins instead of the self-made fig leaf garment. By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice. And by this sacrifice, he is confessing. I am a sinner, I cannot save myself. God is merciful. God provides a substitute which must die in my place that I may live. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And he sacrificed by faith. But we are told faith comes by hearing the word. That tells us there was a prior revelation from God as to how you should worship and what you must bring as worship. And I believe there was a revelation in terms of blood sacrifice. Because in chapter 4 verse 7 of Genesis, God himself in mercy and patience speaks to Cain. If you do what is right... Will not your face be lifted up? In other words, there was what was right. How to worship was revealed to him. And Abel worshipped by faith. And he brought the rites bloody sacrifice. But Cain says, I'm not a sinner. I'm not guilty. I believe God is creator. But don't tell me that I'm a sinner. And God saves. I'm not a sinner. In verse Chapter 4, verse 7 of Genesis, God speaks to Cain to do what is right for his face to be lifted up. So we know there was God's revelation as to what is right. 
what is right is what God says right not what you say is right 1412 of Proverbs there is a way that seemeth right unto a person but the end thereof is a way of death how many times we went our way because we thought it was right it wasn't sir it's a deception Cain refused to offer a bloody sacrifice with a believing heart but he had no problem shedding the blood of his brother he would not kill a lamb as an acceptable offering to God for his salvation but he has no qualms in murdering his own brother Abel believed God Abel sacrificed the right to be revealed to him the way of a substitute which pointed to the lamb of God the Messiah Jesus Christ who takes away the sin of the world so God witnessed to Abel that he was righteous the text says that is justified by God he was a man of faith Jesus called Abel righteous Matthew 23 and verse 35 Jesus called him a prophet and the first martyr Luke 11 verse 51 when all people are against God I stand for God and for truth and I live by faith and I please God God is pleased with such people and God testifies concerning them God commends them and if you read the text it says verse 4 though he is dead able is still speaking speaking through the scripture and speaking from heaven because he is with God and listen to what he is saying believe god believe his word believe in the substitutionary atonement believe in jesus christ the only savior and be saved that's what he is speaking even now the text says the question must be asked how was abel's sacrifice was approved and cain's rejected theodosian of the second century ad spoke in terms of fire coming down from heaven and consuming Abel's sacrifice and not consuming Cain's sacrifice many others including Jerome and Luther and Dalich and myself believe this way the scripture speaks of God's approval of sacrifice by divine fire consuming sacrifice in many places Leviticus 9:24 Judges 6:21 First Kings 18 and verse 38 First Chronicles 21:26 and Second Chronicles 7:1 and so on. So I have no problem in believing such a supernatural way of God registering his approval of Abel who by faith pleased God. What about your sacrifice? Oh no we are not asked to offer bloody sacrifices but we are asked to offer a living sacrifice an unbloody living sacrifice of all of our life Romans 12 therefore i urge you brothers in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to god this is your spiritual act of worship pleasing to god do not conform to the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what god's will is his good and pleasing and perfect will how is your sacrifice sir? 
is God approving your sacrifice, your life, your decision making? Is it by faith? Is it according to God's will? Will God approve your life? Godliness is happiness. A man approved and commended by God is also a happy man. Turn with me to Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. That is one approved by God. A workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. And verse 3 of Second Timothy, verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work so that God's benediction and blessing will rest upon him. Please God and be happy. Let's look at Enoch. Verse 5, Enoch also lived by faith in God and in his word. Genesis account says Enoch walked with God. The Septuagint translation says Enoch pleased God. So the conclusion is Enoch pleased God by walking with God. God was so pleased with him that he translated him. He removed him from earth to heaven. When you read Genesis 5, there is a refrain. And he died, and he died, and he died, and he died, and he died. But concerning Enoch, this constant refrain is not recorded. He did not die. He transcended death. God took him to God's presence that he may enjoy eternal happiness of eternal fellowship of his presence. Like Elijah. Elijah also experienced this translation. And we are told all those who live when Jesus Christ comes again will experience this type of translation without seeing death. Chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning with verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. But if you don't live when he comes... And he will send chariots of heart attack and cancer and debility of the flesh. But don't worry. There will be no interruption in terms of our fellowship with God. Neither death nor life can separate us from the love of God. We walk with God and death is no interruption to this fellowship. Neither death nor life can separate us. Enoch lived by faith. He walked with God. He pleased God. And God rewarded him by taking him to be with him forever. Those who come to God must believe that he exists and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently means with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Jeremiah 29:13 says, when you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. Go home and read Second Chronicles 6, 36 and 37. Seek God wholeheartedly. Turn to Psalm 27. Let me read it to you. What wholehearted seeking is. Psalm 27 verse 4. One thing I ask the Lord. One thing is what I seek. 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. For what purpose are to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple? Genesis account does not speak about the faith of Enoch. But verse 6 of Hebrews 11 gives us the key. The key is without faith it is impossible to please God. Not difficult but impossible sir. Not to not on. Impossible. But here we are told God witness to him before his translation what? That he pleased God. Therefore conclusion lawyers what is it? Enoch lived by faith. And God rewards those who earnestly seek him. And what is the reward sir? Gold, glory in the world, 15 more years of life in this miserable world. Is that what it is, sir? What are you asking for, sir? Genesis 15 verse 1, God speaks to Abraham. I am your great reward. I am your great reward. And Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 10 tells me, See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. In chapter 62 of Isaiah and verse 11, it says, The Lord has made proclamation to the ends of the earth. Say to the daughter of Zion, see, your Savior comes. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. What do you think? Gold? He's going to give me gold? He's going to give me something more than God. Reward is not something we earn. Reward is of grace. Reward is God himself. Our hearts are restless until we find rest in God, sir. We are created to be happy in God. Psalm 16, verse 11. In his presence, fullness of joy on his right hand, pleasures forevermore. And turn with me to Psalm 43. And let me read it to you. 43 and verse 4 and ask yourself is this is true of you or are you still loving gold and power and position in this world Psalm 43 verse 4 then I'll go to the altar of God to worship God to God now listen my joy my delight I will praise you with the heart oh my God and if you cannot say that you are in big trouble you are an idolater You are not seeking God with all your heart. A double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. He will fall. And may God help us to examine ourselves carefully. And what about this psalm we read today? Psalm 73. Let me read to you. 25 and 26. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever, sir. And your pastor, this donkey, this fool for Christ, I do not seek gold or the glories of this world. I seek God. God alone makes me happy. Listen to the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. It's disappointing for a lot of people, but it's not for me. Genesis account says Enoch walked with God. Christian life is walking with God. This means agreement with God. How can two walk together unless they are in agreement? This means he desired to be holy. Be holy for I am holy. This means he acknowledged God as God and himself as his obedience servant. He wanted to hear and do the will of God. And we are told he walked with God 300 years, a long time. Not for a day, sir. All of life. 
Then we are told in Genesis he had a family. He was not in a monastery. He had a family. He had to deal with all problems in the world. But he faced all problems in the world with God. He walked with God means he communed with God. He was a praying person. He was always talking to God. He walked with the God means he preached. He is called a preacher of righteousness. He preached to the people of anti-Diluvian community. He preached about God and his righteousness. He walked with the God means he made each decision for the glory of God. One step at a time, one decision at a time. He walked with the God means he was also a friend of God. John 15 verse 15, Jesus says... You are my friends. Friends talk and communicate. And just like Enoch, we are to be led by the Spirit and Scripture all our life. Happiness is to please God by walking with God. And there is a hymn that goes like this, you may not know. Each step I take, I know that He will guide me. To higher ground, He ever leads me on. Until someday the last step will be taken. Each step I take just leads me closer home. Death is not misery, sir. Death is going home. And God communicated to Enoch before his translation that Enoch pleased God. This is assurance of salvation. Enoch, you have done well. You please me. You trust me. So I am going to reward you. You shall not see death. You shall not taste death. You shall not experience death. I will take you home with me. And turn to the book of Romans. This assurance. Of course people have difficulty interpreting it. You know. But I don't have any difficulty interpreting this. Romans 8 and verse 16 sir. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are what? God's children. Hallelujah. We are God's children, sir. God is our Father. We are His children. Enoch walked with God and before his translation he said, You are all right. You pleased me. Hallelujah. And may God speak to your spirit that you are God's children. Turn with me to John, and I will stop here even though I have more to say. John 14, verse 21. Whoever has my commands and obeys him, he is the one who loves me. Not the one who says a lot of things, but who obeys him. He who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. And verse 23, Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whatever it means, it means happiness. Whatever it means, it is fellowship with God. Whatever it means, it means trouble-free life. Why should I be troubled when God has come, Father and the Son, into me and dwells with me and show himself to me? This is happiness. Hallelujah. Shall we rise? Heavenly Father, we are seeking happiness by running after these things, things of the world. Gold and power and position. 
We think Disneyland will help us out. We want happiness. We are running, flying to and fro, seeking happiness, seeking rest, but we are restless because things of this world cannot make us happy. You have created man, that man may find happiness through fellowship with God. And we read God came in the cool of the day, in the garden, to fellowship with Adam and Eve, but he could not. But that tells you the purpose. God comes to fellowship with us. God comes to make us happy, make us joyful, make us restful. God comes and says, peace be to you. God comes and says to me, fear not. I am your shield and I am your exceeding great reward. Hallelujah. Lord, help us not to run after these things, but to run after God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Hallelujah. Help us to know in the core of our being, we are children of God. God is our heavenly father. Jesus Christ is our sure redeemer. Hallelujah. That God the Father and God the Son in the Holy Spirit come into us and show themselves to us. Hallelujah. And they come and love us. Whatever that means, it means a lot of happiness. Oh God, even this morning, may you come into the hearts of your people. May they experience the inexpressible joy of the Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of this sermon entitled, Godliness is Pleasing God. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.